Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kid Broadway Podcast, intimate conversations with community and professional actors in Broadway news. And today I'm going to be talking to Laura Bell Bundy, who starred in Hairspray on Broadway as Amber Von Tessel and originated the role of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde on Broadway. Now please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Kid Broadway Podcast. So, Laura, the first question that I always like to ask my guests is where are you from? I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. How did you get into the whole theater thing? Well, when I was, uh, it's a kind of a funny story. I, when I was five years old, I won a pageant. Um, I won a local pageant, then I won a state level pageant, then I won this national pageant, and I won a new car at five. So who gives a five-year-old a new car? <laughs> the Miss Hemisphere pageant. So I was a uh, little Miss Pee Wee Hemisphere when I was five. And we got this opportunity to go to New York City to do a show called The Phil Donahue Show, which at the time, before you were born, there were these, like, panel shows where, um, like, they would talk about current events or controversial things, and I guess children's pageants was one of those. Well, of course, my mom said, oh, my God, we're going to go to New York. It's going to be incredible. We're going to stay at the Sheridan Hotel and eat cheesecake at Landy's, and so we did that, and my mom was very excited about the free trip to New York, and she also had, like, her sights set on um, having me be discovered while while we were there. So we go to this, uh, go to this Phil Donahue thing, and it ends up being, like, a total expose for pad- children's pageants, and a child psychologist is there, the audience turns on everybody, it was awful, and my mom left and was like, I can't believe they made us come all the way up here and be embarrassed. And, blah, blah, blah. and so she decided that she was going to shine that turd and um, and march me over to Ford Molly Agency. And she said, Hi, I'm here to meet the children's division. And they're like, Well, ma'am, you know, you need an appointment. And she said, Well, this is Miss Pee Wee Hemisphere, and we're leaving tomorrow. So if they're going to meet her, they need to meet her now. And they let us up, cray cray, and they let it. They let us up, and they ended up signing me to a five-year contract with Ford Modeling Agency. And at that time, that was kind of a big deal. And uh, and so uh, that night, I saw my very first Broadway show, which was Starlight Express. And my mom was like, she went to the box office and she's like, what's your best and your cheapest ticket? I mean, and we sat over like in the box where you could kind of have to, you kind of have to get like a chiropractic adjustment after you see this show because your neck is turned so far to the right. And, um, and I loved it. I loved it. And so I guess that began the theater bug for me. And then what happened is because I lived in Kentucky um, I would only come to New York City to do the modeling with Ford Modeling Agency in the summertime because I had school the rest of the year. So the rest of the year in Kentucky, I was going to school, I was going to dance class, I had a singing teacher, I was taking piano, I was in gymnastics. I mean, I was in all these activities. It's like my mom thought I was going to be five years old and get on drugs if I had free time. But I, so I did all this stuff from the five, time I was five till I was nine years old. And in the summer, uh, in those years, I would be modeling, but I would also be going to Broadway Dance Center in New York and 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 taking those group classes but then private classes with people who taught there and then I had a music teacher named Jean McLaughlin who taught there uh, not who didn't teach there but who taught me he, t- he trained all the little cosettes on in 
Lame is, and of course that was my dream to be Cosette and the audition. And so I started to audition for musical theater in the summer. And then when I was nine, I did not get lame is, by the way. I came in, my mom had me dressed like a drag queen and full makeup, you know, and I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not, that's really not how you need to be looking for Cosette, who's like a poor orphan with dirt on her face. Um, and so then when I was nine, um, my... I had an audition for Radio City Music Hall's Christmas Spectacular. And it's funny, up until then, I was up for Will Rogers Follies. I got really close to that. I got really close to Gypsy, which had uh, had a revival. And um, finally, I ended up getting this one. And uh, they called for an 11-year-old, but I was nine, and my mom was like, well, she can do anything an 11-year-old can do. Um, turns out my mom was right. And I got this part, and that kind of began my theatrical trajectory. Um, so that is the long uh, answer, but that's the whole story. I mean, there's lots of ins and outs along the way. But. <laughs> that's really cool. And you were Elle Woods in the original Broadway cast of Legally Blonde at the Palace Theater. How was that experience? Well, it was a dream come true because, you know, when I went to see Starlight Express when I was uh, five, that was at the Palace Theater. So it was a true uh, full circle kind of exciting moment for me to see a billboard of myself above the theater of that was the very first show I, I ever saw and kind of began my love for Broadway. And, um, you know, it was a dream come true. I had been doing theater for quite a long time. I did a show as a child called Ruthless, which was right after Radio City, and I'd done Hairspray, and um, and I'd done Wicked. And I, I knew, I I made a decision after Wicked. I was, Kristen Shannon was standby. I made a decision. I was like, I moved to L.A. for a while, and I said, I'm not going to come back to New York until I'm uh, originating a starring role on Broadway, which is something I hadn't done yet. And, um, and Legally Blonde came along, and I just had this feeling that this was my role. I connected with her on so many levels. I related to her being underestimated, and, um, and I related to her being a positive person as well and optimistic and having a can-do spirit and have, wearing her heart on a sleeve. I, I, I related in so many ways to her that I was like, oh, I am her. This is my role. And so... There was a part of it that was like, no, that my inner knowing that this was that part for me, um, and following that inner knowing and it working out was like reconfirmation that you need to follow those gut feelings in life. And so that was part of it, but, um, it was a very exciting, awesome time in my life and it was hard work. I'll tell you that it's not easy. Uh, she never leaves the stage, and uh, it's a lot on your body and your voice. And But we had an amazing cast, and I, I have some of my best friends in my entire life I did that show with. That's really cool. And how was the audition experience for Legally Blonde? Um, so, like I said, I had done Hairspray and Wicked before. And when I was doing Hairspray, the choreographer of Hairspray was Jerry Mitchell. And... Um, he, while I was doing Wicked, I had invited him to, I was going on for a few weeks, and I sent notes out to everybody saying, hey, I'm going on, please let me know if you want to come see the show, and Jerry was one of those people who wanted to come see the show, which surprised me, actually. 
Um, because when we were doing Hairspray, we had a great relationship, but, you know, we didn't get that close. Um, uh, we had some really funny moments, like the moment he directed me to turn out, and then when I did it, fell off the stage. Um, and, and we had a, 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 you know, I delivered for him. You know, he asked me to do something, I delivered it. Um, I think on a creative level, we had a great relationship, but we didn't have much of a personal relationship. And so, um, and I, but I was an admirer of him and all the work that he did. And I thought that, wow, he would, he worked really closely with Jack O'Brien, who had directed Hairspray. And it seemed to me like he kind of co-directed it in a way and, and he would be a great director. So he had come to see me in Wicked. I was really touched by that. And I, I saw an announcement that he was going to be the director of Legally Blonde, this new musical that they were developing. And I sent him a note and I said, I heard about this, congratulations, because it was going to be his first time directing. And you really deserve this. This is something that, like, I believe you're born to do. And I know someone who would be really great for Elle Woods, wink, wink. And he responded to me and he's like, honey, why do you think that I came to see you in Wicked? I wanted to see if you could carry me a show. And, uh, and he said, when the time is right, I'll bring you in front of the entire creative team. And then he did. He kept his word. About a year and a half later, uh, they ended up having a full musical written, and they were doing a reading. And I got a call uh, to come in and audition for that first reading, that workshop, which was like, going to be a week of us working on the material and presenting it to all the producers. And... Um, you know, that's kind of how things work on Broadway is that you get involved, oftentimes you get involved in the ground up of something, the first reading, the workshop. It's not like, it's very rare unless it's a, um, a revival of something that you get cast in some brand new show. Um, but it is possible. Uh, sometimes that does happen. Most of the time you, you audition for the reading and the workshop and you stick with it. So that's what happened with me is that I auditioned for the, the workshop of the show and I, um, I mean the first reading of the show and then they asked me to do the next reading and then they asked me to do the next workshop and then they finally officially offered me the part of the sh in the show. Um, and we had uh, six months till rehearsal started and then I did rehearsal and, and all that. But every step of the way, every time we did a reading or a workshop, it was still an audition for me because it was there still me, I'm proving myself, you know, am I, am I good at taking direction? Am I a good collaborator? Can I hit all of these notes? Am I learning this stuff quick enough? Am I communicative enough with uh, the people on the other side? Am I easy to work with? All of those things. Do I have chemistry with the other actors? Like all those things they were watching. And, um, but again, I, I didn't really, I, I knew there was something that I disconnected with, with Elle, and so I didn't really worry about that. I just kind of came in and did my job and connected with her and was like, if the material isn't feeling right, I need to communicate with them because I have to, I have to know at this moment, this role is mine. And my job is to be a, a collaborator in the process of the reading and the workshops. That's really cool. How have you dealt with COVID-19 over the last eight months? Well, I had COVID. I had COVID in March, right in the beginning of the quarantine, actually. Um, and um, and in fact, you know, at 
the very beginning of the quarantine, we're all like, oh my gosh, we're in quarantine. It's kind of like, you know, snow day. We're staying home from school. We're not going to work. We're getting off the hamster wheel. It feels kind of fun. It's like, hey, let's watch Netflix and chill. Um, it's and, and then I started to feel kind of weird. And uh, I ended up getting tested. Um, and at the time, tests were hard to come by. But because I have a pre-existing heart condition, I was able to get a test. And, uh, and I was positive. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I ended up being okay. I had, I was one of the lucky ones. I had fairly, um, mild to moderate symptoms. I definitely felt like the, like I had a little chest tightness and all that stuff, but I am, um, I'm like a huge fan of Chinese herbs, ironically. And I, um, I take these different teas that were antiviral and good for the lungs and all that stuff. And I do think they help me. Um, but throughout the process, you know, I've had a lot of friends this year have it. Um, it's scary. It's very scary. I think the thing with um, COVID-19 is that when you have it and you hear all these um, alarming cases um, on, on the news, that you get really worried that it's going to get worse. And as a singer, too, I got really worried that I was going to develop some sort of a lung condition and fibrosis on my lungs that was going to make it difficult for me to sing in the future. And um, so there was a lot at stake for me. It wasn't, you know, I, <laughs> for someone who is a singer, it's like, of course, I'm worried I might lose my life. But if I if I'm not able to sing, I might as well die. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> that's sort of the feeling is like you have this this the, the terror for me the terror was really more about my ability to perform um because that gives me life and um and uh yeah but you know it's been a hard time for everybody this is just such an unusual time you know i get so i have i enjoy so much being on stage and having um the ability to connect with an audience, the ability to connect with my fellow actors, the fun that you have, the joy, the laughter, and you just don't get to, even on set, you know, it, no matter what the, what the uh, format is, there is so much fun when you are making television and film and, and, and plays and music, and when you're not in the same room together, it takes away a little bit of that joy and that fun um, and that hysteria, and um, in the hysteria in the good way. The uh, so I miss that, and I miss that, um, that there's like an energy that you get from life when you do those things, uh, when you see your friends and we're not getting that energy anymore. And a lot of us are feeling kind of exhausted. Um, I think some people are kind of feeling a little depressed. Um, and so I'm having to combat that with trying to find other things in my life that bring me that type of energy and joy. So, um, it's been hard. I've really been releasing an album though. So, um, that's, that's been good and helpful for me in terms of being able to continue to be creative. That's good. And do you look up to anyone in the theater world? Oh, yeah. I mean, when when I was young, I looked up to everybody, really. <laughs> um, you know, I I was a huge fan of uh, Bette Midler growing up. Um, obviously, Judy Garland and Julie Andrews and some of our diva icons. Um, but, you know, there were people, she was still kind of around. Phoebe Newworth was around in the theater. Victor Garber. I remember loving Damn Yankees growing up and Faith Prince and Guys and Dolls and Nathan Lane. I definitely looked up to them. And then as I got older, ended up 
doing concerts with them or working with them and um and so it's kind of a trip but yeah i look up to a lot of our theater community um i even look up to some of the young people who are who are younger than me that are coming up like some really really talented folks out there um like uh adrian warren who's yeah, she's incredible. Um, and uh, I always loved Beth Level, too. And, you know, I've gotten, uh, I've gotten, I've been fortunate enough to work with people who I think are just total geniuses, like Christian Borle, and learn from them and see what their process is and um, figure out how they make something funny that isn't written to be funny. And um, I've been really fortunate to be very close to that experience, you know, very close to uh, him while he had his process throughout Legally Blonde. That's really cool. And do you have any, do you have any advice for people listening now? Advice about what? Advice like, um, if they want to, if they're starting to get into the whole theater thing, how to like succeed. Well, I think I think that if you're a young person and you want to be an actor, um, you want to do theater, you want to do musical theater, that the first thing you have to do is train, right? Um, you, and this is a good time to train. Yeah. You know, we've got the time to do it, right? Like, you're not really doing plays, so why not go work on your voice? Why not go work on your dancing? Why not watch a couple YouTubes and dance along? Um, you can join some acting classes. I, I actually have been teaching online um, at uh, through Artists and Beyond, and you can see on my Instagram. Um, it, you know, if anybody out there wants to take a class with me, but I've been coaching and teaching and helping people get through the process of their songs. That stuff is stuff you have to learn how to do, and because the more training you have, that's the more ammunition you have when you. St- but um, into an audition or on stage. 50% of acting is getting over your fear. And the main thing of getting to help you get over your fear is to be prepared. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know these lines. I know this song. I know these moves. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be going. I'm inside the character, and I'm not worried about what the person on the opposite side of the table is thinking of me or worried about what the audience is thinking of me because I'm connected to my character and I'm only thinking about what the character should be thinking about. Well, you have to know how to do that. That requires training. It requires you to not be thinking about what your next line is. It requires you to be in the headspace of a character, which means you need to understand human emotions, which means you need to understand how to um, look at a song and dissect it and go, what does this line mean? How do I connect with this line in the song? And what feeling does that bring up for me inside of my body? Does that make my heart swell? Does that make my gut feel like it got punched? How, how do I relate to this moment and how can I feel as this character? Until you know how to do those things, you have no business stepping foot into professional theater or onto stage or an audition or anything because you need to be able to 
think as the character, understand as the character, and be able to understand as many characters. So I, I think that's an incredibly important um, uh, thing. That is my biggest advice. Because a lot of people have the advice of like, you know, what do you do when you go to New York? I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter if you don't have the training. If you're good and you're working, you know, you're working on, you know, actors are never not working. People, we're, we, it doesn't necessarily mean we're being paid, but we're always working. We always need to work on, on our craft because as an actor, we've never um, arrived, if you will. There's always things to learn as an actor and I think I'll probably be I feel like I'm a better actor than I was 10 years ago and I'm sure I'll be a better actor uh, 10 years from now because I'll have a better understanding of life and a better understanding of acting as a craft um, and, and the ability to emote um, and understand material so um, that's my advice that's great advice and we're going to wrap up here in a minute but do you have any new projects going on I do. Um, so I have been releasing a new album, which is called Women of Tomorrow, and every song on the album deals with a different issue that women are facing today. But it sounds like an uh, like a you know 1950s MGM movie musical. The sounds of it. Some of it has hip hop beats in it. Some pop beats. Um, and then I have written or am doing renditions of songs. Um, in that style that deal with women's issues. So um, I released a song called uh, Get a Girl You Go, which came out in August at the 100th anniversary of uh, women getting the right to vote. And by women, I meant white women were the only ones that got the right to vote 100 years ago. So um, it took until 1965 for women of color to get the vote. So I just want to put that out there. But um, so we did that in the celebration of that and the celebration of how far women have come. And that was with Shoshana Bean um, from Broadway and Anika Nani Rose that was is also a Broadway gal. And so we put that out in August. That's available on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. Um, there's a lot of familiar Broadway faces on the on the in the music video. And then the newest song I have out, which I just put out a little over a week ago, is a rendition of Girls Just Wanna Have Fun, which is a slowed down, um, haunting, orchestrated version of the song. And then we also have a video for that. But um, I am gonna have another song coming out in January, another one in um, March, and we're just gonna continue to roll out songs with the album coming out. And there's a, an accompanying podcast as well called Women of Tomorrow that I do on the Broadway Podcast Network. So that's what I got going on right now. That's really cool. So we can find you on Instagram and Twitter at Laura Bell Bundy. Is there anywhere else we can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Spotify as Laura Bell Bundy um, and YouTube. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash Laura Bell Bundy. Everything is at Laura Bell Bundy for me. So if it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's all the same. Um, it's TikTok, it's all the same. I'm also on TikTok occasionally making a fool out of myself. But you know what I have done? So during the quarantine, a lot of people's musicals got canceled. So a lot of young people were reaching out to me saying, I was doing Legally Blonde, I'm so bummed out, I, I was really excited to do this show, but they canceled it because of the pandemic. And so I went on to TikTok and I recorded myself singing um, 
parts of the songs so that people could duet with me and they could do the other lines. So if you're a kid out there and you want to uh, do a TikTok with me, they're on TikTok. You can check them out. That's really cool. Well, thank you for coming on the Kid Broadway podcast.